Welcome to PB&J Connection. This will not be televised podcast. Thanks for checking us out. I'm PB. And I'm Jay. Our health-related discussions will convey educational information about medical research, studies, facts, findings, and experiences of people from every walk of life. Concepts will be simple and easy to understand. We've got you covered, and we promise to not be boring. But let's dive into the world of health you won't find on your television. Welcome, listeners. This is PBJ Connection. This will not be televised. Hope everybody is doing well today. Pam is going to get us started with our trivia question. Take it away, Pam. Hey, listeners. We're back with another trivia question this week. This one's interesting because everybody has been flocking to the movies to see the Barbie movie. What? So here's a trivia question. What is the doll Barbie's full name? So what is Barbie, the Barbie doll's full name? So listen, uh, we won't reveal the information till the end. So please stay tuned and you'll know, or you might already know, um, but uh, we'll find out. All right. So today we're going to, Pam and I are going to talk about doctor visits, healthcare, the medical industry. We're going to touch on a lot of things. Um, and I think this is going to be based on our personal experiences for the most part. And also things that we've learned along the way based on other people's experiences. So Pam, did you want to start out or do you want me to start out? How sure. you want to, how you want to do this? I, I can start out. All right. Um, yeah, let's, so let's talk about doctor visits. You know, a lot of people have a lot of extreme anxiety when it comes to going to the doctor. And that's why a lot of people don't go. It's because of the fact that it's what they call the white coat syndrome. Now, there's a medical term for white coat syndrome, or when your heart rate, uh, your blood pressure increases and your pulse increases. And it's called latrophobia. That's what it huh. is. It's it's people who are, have extreme anxiety when going about going to the doctor. So I didn't know there was an actual medical name for it, but that's what it is. Huh. And so there are some key things that you can kind of take away to avoid that may help. It may not avoid you having anxiety, but there's things you can do. You know, so one of the key factors of success is kind of preparation. What am I going to the doctor for? You can ask yourself certain questions. What am I going to the doctor for? What questions do I have for the doctor? You know, what time should I go to the doctor? You know, what time during the week is better to go on a week than on a Saturday? Because everybody's trying to get on a Saturday because everybody has a day off, right? Some people are more anxious in the morning than they are in the afternoon or in the evening. So if that's the case, then during the 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. doctor's visit may not be the best thing to do. It may not be the wise thing to do. Let's put it that way. Also, then, also okay. I'm, I'm going to add something, too. If, if you're having to, I, I know I use this when I make my appointments. If I have to navigate through rush hour traffic, I'm not going to a, a medical appointment until mid-morning or late afternoon, but not during rush hour traffic. Because if you're already keyed up because you're ticked off about rush hour traffic, or you think you're going to be late, that's going to add to your anxiety for getting to the doctors. Or you just may be totally pissed off when you get there, which is not a good idea. Right. Your blood pressure may be um, elevated unnecessarily. And, you know, and you say that, Jay, because that, that is a key factor. If you know you're going to end up in rush hour traffic, you're just adding stress, you're just adding insult to injury. 
Yeah. Especially if you're not crazy about going to the doctor in the first place. Um, I like to make my appointments early in the morning. And the reason why for me is that I know I'm going to end up waiting an hour. <laughs> Trust me, we are all waiting at least an hour. I don't care what time of day it is. And don't be late, but you're going to wait for an, at least an hour. And, and that might even be longer once you get to your examination room because you might be waiting like a half hour in your exam room. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. You know, the thing is, um, there is a, something that you can do before, you know, like to kind of avoid, you know, having a, a higher uh, blood pressure or a higher pulse rate during your doctor visits. One thing you can do is doing the 478 breathing technique where you're sitting there and you can tell you can tell the nurse or the practitioner hold on before you take my blood pressure, you know, just, just wait a minute and do this one breathing technique like three or four times, you know, you inhale for a count of four, you hold for a count of seven, and then you exhale slowly for a count of eight. Do that a couple of times and it, it will actually calm you down. It's, it will calm down the sympathetic nervous system so that at least you're calm and your blood pressure won't be raising and actually control your pulse as well. The other thing is tell them not to do your vitals until after you see the doctor. That's know? a good idea. That's a good idea because the first thing they want to do, first of all, you know, the, the old, hey, step on the scale, right? right? I mean, the first thing you do, for those who don't like, you know, being weighed, and I'm one of them, I'm like, how, you know, can I just take off all my clothes first? But no, right. leave your shoes on, leave your clothes on. We'll deduct. And so they always say we'll deduct yeah, a couple of pounds. Mine, right. mine doesn't even say that. I'm just like, oh God, the scale. Oh, I don't want to step on the scale. No, thank you. But they always, you know, make you step on the scale. And if they're really st sadistic, they'll want to also do how tall you are. And then you figure out if you are of the older generation, as as I am, as, we, as, as we are, as we are, then you're like, oh yeah, not only have I gained weight, but oh, I'm shrinking too. That's that's great, you know. Okay. It's, it's a lovely it's a lovely thing, yeah. It is, it is, and so that can cause anxiety in mm -hmm. itself, mm -hmm. especially when they write it down in your chart, right? And yeah. with everything being electronic now, you have access to all your numbers. You know, you can always have this glaring number in your face. The last time I went to the doctor, I was waiting, so and so, I got to go home and I got to do something. You go home and it lasts for about a week or two. Yeah, I go home and want to eat an entire cake, I got to tell you. It's like, why Why not? Why shouldn't I eat? I mean, based on what I saw, I think I will eat an entire cake and maybe a pie tomorrow. Right, and is it going to make any difference? No, is it no. not going to make any difference? And then, the, so I have to say this. So the, the, the people who are usually taking down these stats are usually, you know, um, nurses and assistants, tech assistants. And these folks are you know, in their 20s or, or early 30s, and right. you're like, oh my gosh, I just, I, I, I don't, you know, I used to be that age, and oh my gosh, this person is, you know, they look wonderful, you know, they're and nice they're and healthy looking, they're, and they're bubbly, you know. and their skin looks beautiful, and, right, and they yeah. just have this great attitude, mm -hmm. you know, 
and you're like, can I just get off the scale and get into the exam room so you can right. tell me how much my blood pressure just increased? Right. And then, okay, so then finally, you know, you get the doctor in the office and da, da, da. that's when kind of all the bells and whistles kind of come on because it's like you're hoping that anything that they tell you is all going to be good, right? <laughs> that is your hope and your dream and your desire. That's why sometimes it's good to be prepared, and that's why I talk about the, the key to success um, is preparation, because not only can you prepare your what you want to ask the doctor or if you have any major medical concerns or if you have any concerns, even about have to do with heredity, you know, what your parents experience and so forth, and maybe there's special um, uh, testing that they can do to, to ensure you, because remember, you're paying them. They are your employees, and people forget that. You're paying them to do the job that you want them to do. So it's like any employer. If they put certain expectations on you to deliver, then it's up to you to deliver, or, or else why am I paying Right, yeah. It shouldn't be, you know, you are there to serve them. They are there to serve you. And you just touched on a point about hereditary things. That, and I think we talked about this in one of other podcasts, but I think it's worth repeating now. If those listeners, if your parents, I don't care how old you are, if you're 20 or if you're 60 or 70 or 80, if your parents are still alive, please do not avoid talking to them about family history, family health history. You, you may not think it's a big deal now, especially if you're in your 20s or 30s, but when you get to a certain age, it becomes a, a, a pretty big deal to find out, hey, mom, did you go through this? Hey, dad, you know, did you go through this? Or did grandma do this? Or did grandpa, did something happen, you know, that I need to be aware of as I get older that I will need to put in my health history? Because you and I talked about this, Pam, when you're younger, you're not going to the doctor very often except for maybe an annual checkup or maybe if you're involved in sports and you need to get a, a checkup. But down the road, they want your entire history. They want to know everything that's happened to you and your your um, your mom and your dad's side of the family. Absolutely. Or And sometimes they'll even ask, especially in the case of cancer, has there anybody in that generation or in, that lin- in your lineage that has had this this thing because you know my mom came from a family of 10 you know 10 kids and so she may not have had it my aunt may not have had it but doesn't mean that my uncle didn't have it I mean when you talk about people's genetic makeup yeah I'm in now a pool with my my dad's side but still you know there's still factors and the genetic factors in there that we all have to take into consideration and doing one, two, three, whatever gene, genealogy that they have or hereditary may not reveal some of some of the things that a medical exam or a medical test can reveal, or even just having that knowledge, because that gives the, the the practitioner something to look out for or something to note in the chart, you know. Right, and and I would say also whenever you. <laughs> Whenever you go down in the weeds and you are mapping out your health history, make sure you keep a copy. Keep a, keep a, a hard copy or scan it. You're going to need it. Trust me when I tell you, 
you will need that, and you don't want to have to be scratching your head trying to figure out, did I, was that in the, I don't remember when that was. I, I know I wrote it down before, but I, I don't know what I did with that. If you keep that, it will be your friend. It will, it will help you. And, and speaking of uh, genetics and, and health, for those who are adopted, I don't know what the process is for adoption, and I don't know, uh, you know whether records are kept. I don't know what that process is. But I would say if you're adopted, you also may want to find out from your, your parents, your adopted parents, hey, do you know anything about my, my family's history? Did you, by any chance when you adopted me, did you get any information that you can share with me now? Because no one, we're, no one's getting out alive, right? You, ne- you never know when you're going to go, um, whether you be young, old, or in between. And so the sooner you can get that information and get it in your back pocket for reference, the better things are. I know it sounds really boring and sounds like, oh, God, I'll get to it when I get to it. But it's, it, it will serve you well if you, if you keep that kind of paperwork and even if you scan it and put it in your computer. So anyway, um, <laughs> gonna, I'm going to talk more uh, because Pam just said talk more. And so <laughs> what I want to talk about is going to the doctor. I think Pam made a really good uh, point about when you go to the doctor, make a list of questions. Don't go in there thinking, oh, yeah, I'll remember to ask that. Oh, yeah. What happens, at least with me and what has happened even when I was young, is when I went to the doctor, you know, I, yeah, I'm doing okay. Everything's cool. And then I went out of the doctor's office and went, oh, my gosh, I forgot to ask him about this. And so if you try to backtrack and go and ask the doctor that same question, you don't have their ear like you did when you were in front of them. So if there's a way to, on your phone, list your questions that you need to ask, or if there's like between doctor visits, there are things that you say, oh, you know, the next time I go to the doctor, I want to ask them about A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You want to make a note of that somewhere so that you don't forget because... (laughs) Having to go to the doctor, not only driving there, but waiting for your appointment and then waiting in the exam room, you want to make that the most fruitful visit you can. You don't want to sit there and and backtrack afterwards and say, oh man, and then the next time you get to see the doctor isn't, you know, a year or maybe six months from that time. So you definitely want to do that. I agree, Jake. That's a good point because... Uh... You know, when I actually, when I relocated and I had to change doctors, if I had to actually go back into my my electronic medical records to find out what, when I had this exam, what I had particular exam, I had to go back and find out as much history as I could about my medical in order to see a new doctor. Yeah. You know, because not everybody, not every network is connected. Right. You know, there are, yes, the electronic health record system is great because it allows the, the, the patient to have access to that information. But when you're outside of your network, and which I had to do, I had to go outside my network because my network was not in the state that I was relocating to, I had to start from scratch. Right, right. And I, I bet a lot of people have to go through that same thing. And if they're moving to a, a different state, which I hope to do soon, you know, that I'm going to be in the same boat. And so you're going to want to have that. And you may not have, if you're changing insurance, the portal that you used to have, you may not have access to. I don't know how long they keep you, uh, you know, allow access to that portal. Forever. Oh. 
password. I mean, because that's where I was able to capture all my oh, information. Oh, that's good. Okay. But now, just to be on the safe side, I went ahead and printed out everything. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I was like, I can't trust that, you know, who mm. knows? <laughs> it, may, it may not be around in four or five years. Right, you know? right, right. That word change, you know. Humana may be one thing one day and then it's Signa the next day. You know, it right. can change names quickly. And whether those records transfer over, we can't guarantee it. Right. And and I, I, I told you I was going to get on my uh, soapbox when we had this podcast, and I'm going to do it now because we're talking about electronic health records. And I think we also touched upon, I think I did this on one of our other podcasts, but I'm going to do it again. So those folks who end up in the hospital and for, you know, surgery or whatever, you know, to something happens. When my dad was in the hospital, and he was in the hospital quite often, um, and for, I don't know, weeks, weeks on end each time, I assumed, silly me, I assumed that since the electronic health record system that uh, the medical professionals use, since they put their notes in there and they put all of their their treatment information in there for a patient, that I would need to do anything. I don't. I'm just going to sit there and be the good daughter and you know let them do their thing, right? But no. Uh, what I found out recently, talking to a physician at work. And this was very enlightening. I did not know this. And I'll bet a lot of other people don't know this either. She said that the system has gotten so ridiculous that physicians and other healthcare providers, when they fill out the electronic health record, they have so many pages, I mean, like tens of pages that they have to fill out for each patient. Each time that they see that patient, it's not just a one-off. And so what used to be a very concise a short thing where they just wrote doctor's notes, they now, whatever system, it might be CMS that drives this, they are required to fill out all these multiple pages because I always wondered, why do I have to tell these healthcare professionals what's going on with my dad when I go into the hospital? Because they have a rotating um, healthcare providers in the hospital. Nurses change, doctors change, uh, the technicians change, et cetera, et cetera. And so when she told me that, I'm like, oh, now I understand. It's because no one wants to go through tens of 20s of 30s of pages to figure out what has transpired with my dad, you know, back then. And so now if you move that over to if you're in the hospital or if a loved one is in the hospital, chances are the same thing is going to happen. They're not relying on the electronic health record system so much because it's going to take them probably an hour just to go through all the notes and all the pages that have to be completed for each time that the patient is visited. And so how ridiculous is that? very little time to even see the patients, let alone time to fill out notes each time they see the patient. Right. And and oh, by the way, and I, I know I talked about this when we had another one of our podcasts, when I looked at my dad's um, electronic health record system because I had access to the notes that were taken. Some of them were wrong. The medications were listed wrong. The the things that he had been treated for were wrong. Procedures that he had done historically were wrong. I had to go in there and tell the healthcare provider system people, I said, no, you need to fix this because this is inaccurate. But can you imagine if someone has got, I don't know, diabetes or 
sickle cell anemia or, or whatever it is, if they have some kind of condition where it says in the uh, health record that they don't, or it says they have something else, can you imagine if you weren't there with your loved one and, and they, the physicians were relying solely on the electronic health record system for accurate information, can you imagine what might happen? Can you imagine what might happen for surgery, what for has, treatment, for medication, for IVs? We don't know what has already happened. Right. Oh. Right. And, you know? and, and I, you know, the, the whole thing, uh, um, the United States healthcare system, you know, they, they keep talking about, oh, we're going to get rid of Medicare and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. It's like, why don't you just fix it? Why don't you just fix what we already have so that it's not a piece of crap? from my perspective. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point because um, I've seen incidents where that has happened, where people were not, um, they went to one doctor, um, like my dad, he has a cardiologist as well as his general doctor. And the thing is, sometimes the information is not tied. And, I'll, and he'll get a call on the phone and they're like, um, we're going to, you know, I think something went wrong. <laughs> well, that's comforting. I think with, something went wrong. <laughs> I think something went wrong. Okay. And, and what wrong is gone wrong. And it usually has to do with the doses of medication. How, how scary is that? Exactly. So you end up, and you know, I don't, I can't blame the pharmacy because the only thing they're getting is the prescription itself. And that's electronic as well, you know. So they're filling according, because they're not doing the exams. They're just filling the meds according to the notes that they receive through their system, which is a whole different other system. And I think we talked about it, that in one of our uh, one of our earlier podcasts about, uh, you know, the pharmacy and, and medications and so forth. And... Uh, even they are stressed uh, to the point that there's mistakes that can be made. And a lot of times it's not on their end, but they end up taking on the responsibility of, of what, what has happened or transpired. I don't Well, this is, this is where you and I talked about the, how important it is for everybody to feel empowered and feel confident and take charge of their health because... There, it's not like the olden days, as they say, where you could rely on healthcare professionals to do the right thing 100% of the time. There are so many ways that things could, could go wrong, especially with the advent of you know, electronic te- technology and you know, things of that nature. It's so easy that something could go wrong. You have to sit there and really scrutinize what's going on. Uh, I talked to this lady at work um, a couple of days ago. She was telling me how she had difficulty sleeping and all, she, she was she was two years, no, one year older than me. And uh, she listed, I don't know, four or five medications that she was taking so she could sleep. And I was like, first of all, oh my gosh, what she was telling me. But second of all, she says, yeah, you know, when I first went to this doctor, um, I was already on this other medication. I'd been on it for 15 years, and the first thing she did was take it off. Of you know, she made me uh, stop taking it because I was only supposed to be taking it for 15 days, and I'd been on it for 15 years. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> 
so this is something her doctor, her primary care physician, PCP, uh, had prescribed for her. So you have to question, you have to research, you have to, I know it's boring. I know people who don't like researching, people who don't like getting on the internet and plinking around because they're, I mean, not everybody likes to do that. I think Pam and I might be, not everything is true. And not everything is true. Go to reputable sites where it's got information on medications, including the side effects, including, you know, the, the medications you should not be mixing this thing. Because if you are not truthful to your medical care provider and you're not telling them, or maybe you forgot, that you were on one kind of medication and they prescribe you something else that, do, that interacts with that medication in a bad way, that's also, that's, that's, not, a, that's not a good thing. It's, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's not Actually, good. It's really stupid. Yeah. I'm going to say that. I'm, a, okay. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. That's, that is a stupid way of, of treating your body because we only have one, you know, yep. and, and once you destroy it, uh, once it's destroyed, and I'm not saying you, but once it's destroyed, sometimes it's hard to come back. It's hard to, to repair and fix what has already been done. Jay, I think we're ready to wrap this up. Listeners, as always, Jay and I are here uh, not only to, to drill down on, on all the research and stuff that's out there, but we're hoping to empower our listeners with information that they can go off and have the ability to navigate life itself uh, the way that you feel it's fit for you. Everything that we say may not apply to you. Everything that we say may not even resonate with with who you are or what you want to do with your life. Or where you are, right? If you're not the United States, you're like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. That is so true. So are y'all ready for the answers to the trivia question? Barbie doll's full name is Barbara Millicent. Robert, Jay, you want to tell them where it came from? So, uh, Barbie, as you may or may not know, is a Mattel product, the Mattel Toy Company. And so Mattel launched in 1945. And uh, in 1959, uh, Mattel launched the Barbie doll <laughs> in New York at uh, this big toy expo. And so... Uh, if you're wondering how Ken came about, Ken is also uh, the son of the um, founders of Mattel, as Barbie it was also the daughter of the uh, founders of, Motel, of Mattel. And those people's name were the Handlers, H-A-N-D-L-E-R-S. So since 1959, Barbie has just been a staple I mean, here we are, how many years later, and Barbie's still a big deal, and there's a movie out with Barbie and Ken. Who knew, right? Yeah, but you know what's scary about the whole thing, (laughs) is that in real life, Barbie and Ken are brothers and sisters. Yeah, brothers and sisters. Yeah, we're not even going to go into that. (laughs) We're not even going into that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. What I never understood How was... How they became boyfriend and girlfriend, I, I don't know. Well, I also want to know why Ken always had no real hair. He always had a plastic oh, head. That's right? true. Right? Same thing with G.I. Joe. Barbie had these long flowing locks and, you know, blonde and brunette. No. And, you know, poor Ken. He, he never had a hair a on his head. It was all plastic. plastic head. <laughs> he had a plastic head. 
<laughs> Poor guy. I don't know if the Ken dolls now have real hair or not. I haven't looked at them. That's a good question. I yeah. I honestly believe that they're still plastic. I honestly believe they're still plastic. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. I, I haven't had one. I haven't seen one. I haven't seen a Ken doll. I've seen Barbie, you know, with my, my granddaughters. But I haven't seen, seen any Ken dolls. Um, whether they have plastic heads or not. Yeah, I know. I've always felt bad for Ken because he never had real hair, but even G.I. Yeah, Joe right. never had real hair, so. Right, but he didn't have to worry about little girls pulling on it. So. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, again, it's wonderful. Thank you again for joining Kiki uh, Day Connection for another fun filming, and we'll see what happens next week. Stay well and be a peace. Thank you.